0: Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash Roll Together RPG forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review
1: and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello everyone and welcome to Huxley's Book Club. Thank you for joining us for an evening of dungeons and dragons. I'm Mike and I'll be your dungeon master tonight. We're thrilled to be streaming at twitchtv rpg. Uh the, hook, the book club. It's going to be wholesome, confusing, and potentially oh, hopefully at the end wholesome again. Um but we'll see if we can keep track. Well for those who are new to Dungeons & Dragons, everyone here plays fantasy characters in our fantasy universe. The five players each have their own unique character, with sheets that tell them who they are, what they can do, their deepest secrets, and what dice to roll. They mostly will be rolling 20-sided dice to see if they succeed in what they're trying to do. 20 is good, 1, usually hilariously bad. And whilst they play their characters, everything else in the fantasy universe is played by me people, monsters, weather patterns, you name it. Between me describing the world and the story, the players describing what they want to do, and some dice rolls to keep things unpredictable and interesting for us all, we will tell our story. Let's meet the players and hear a word from our sponsors.
2: Hello, my name is Liz, I use they-them pronouns and I will be playing Huxley Bricklesnout, who uses he-him pronouns. Huxley is a cute old bugbear, he's brightly coloured with blues and pink fur, Uh, he's a wizard of the Scribe variety, Uh, was a temporary member of the Shepherds, hoping to get back there soon, Um, but his main job is a library shelf stacker, um, and perhaps something that not many people know, the founder and leader of a book club at Blatstaff Academy.
3: Hi, I'm Johnny. I use he, him pronouns and I am playing Blaze, who uses they, them pronouns. Blaze is a tiny little fire elemental. Um, They are a genie warlock and they like to keep everyone's coffee warm, which is a nice little trick that they can bring to the table when uh, sitting down for a warm cup of something at a nice, safe book club.
4: Hi, I'm Evie. I use she/her pronouns, and I will be playing Tine Vandermeer, who also uses she/her pronouns. After the events of Ancient Antics, in which Tine heroically and selflessly gave up her princess title for the pig folk and found out that prophecies are not real, uh, she wrote a memoir of her adventures and has subsequently joined Huckley's book club uh, to kind of pedal the memoir a little bit and just to make some new friends so we'll see what this new chapter entails
5: hi i'm josh i use he him pronouns and i will be playing alaric syrian who also uses he him pronouns alaric is a ranger rogue he will tell you a lot that he is retired and he is no longer an adventurer and he goes on about that quite a lot you mm, he also has a very big fascination with a book called Fifty Shades of Fay. hopefully that comes up at some point.
6: My name is Nathan, and today I will be playing Grimnir Dirgeblade, who also uses he him pronouns. Uh, Grimnir the Dragonborn is a renowned reaver, plunderer, murderer and adventurer who is trying to get a bit better handle on his rage and settle into his
0: middle aged years in this book club. We are delighted to be sponsored by HeroForge. HeroForge offers fully customizable tabletop minis with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. You can see all of the minis that we designed for this stream in the overlay, and they animate when we enter the combat, so look out for that. Heroforge are fantastic, so do check out the pro membership where you can get premium access to
1: features ahead of time, and beta access to things, um, and all sorts of cool stuff that just makes your life a lot easier. And you can check them out at Heroforge.com.
2: We are delighted to be sponsored by Ultra Pro. They make accessories for D&D, Magic the Gathering, and more. My favourite part of their collection are their figurines of adorable power. Here is their gazer. Uh, They also make other things such as deck boxes uh, if you play Magic the Gathering. You can find all of Ultra Pro stuff at ultrapro.com
7: Hey friends!
2: playing a game, creating a world, streaming, watching live games, discovering new content, Look, all the cool stuff that they are doing there. You can use environmental motion art, scene-based music, seamless character management to run your games over the internet, with upcoming features including homebrew content, streaming overlays, and spectator mode. So go and check out alchemyrpg.com. We're delighted to be supported by Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. Select your heroes and formation and battle through waves of monsters for free on PC, phone, PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo Switch. You can pop exclamation code into chat for a free Electrum chest
0: Exclamation mark NW gift into chat for a link to a free gift.
7: Check out our wonderful supporters, Elderwood Academy, who make beautiful bespoke gaming themed gear, including hex chess dice boxes, spellbook deck boxes disguised as bespoke ancient arcade tomes, and scroll and codex dice tower and rolling tray pairings.
0: Make your own with their online designer at elderwoodacademy.com. This stream will run for three hours and there will be roughly a 5-10 to minute break somewhere towards the middle. We run shows on Mondays, Tuesdays and Fridays at 6pm Greenwich Meridian slash British Summertime, which is 10am Pacific Time, 1pm Eastern Standard Time, 7pm in mainland Britain and 2am Tuesday mornings in Japan and parts of Australia. On Mondays we run TTRPG streams, these can be one-shots, four, six, eight, whew, or even 12 weeks long. You can always find our latest schedule at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG slash schedule. On Tuesdays we have our ongoing campaign, Fracture, and on Fridays we have our talk show. Talk together, and talking is a free action which lasts for one hour.
7: We are Roll Together RPG on all socials, so find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok.
2: Link's in chat. Thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. Uh, You can find a link in chat, help us make our shows from just one pound, one dollar, or one gold piece, and unlock more tiers by joining. Our D20 Club are fab. Uh, They've created a fan Discord for us. Um, They've also made a wiki page for Roll Together. You can find that at rolltogether.fandom.com. Uh, Welcome to our podcast listeners and if you also would like to listen to us via podcast you can search for Altogether RPG on your favourite podcast provider. If we're not there let us know and we will add ourselves to that list.
1: Finally, we play a diverse group of players who play a diverse set of characters with wide-ranging sexual and gender identities. Our tables are trans and GNC positive and we encourage and champion trans and GNC players and characters in our games. The DM and players may portray characters that are of a different gender to their own. We aim to avoid misgendering, but acknowledge that it does happen, and have a company policy in place for correcting people on pronouns. If we miss an instance of misgendering, we are open to being corrected, so please do just let us know if you think what has been missed. Check out Exclamation Safety in chat for content warnings and some of the safety tools that we use through the TTRPG Safety Toolkit. And now, let's begin. And welcome back to Huxley's Book Club. Um, Let's find ourselves in Waterdeep, um, in the Tower of the Blackstaff, or very specifically, library. And even more specifically, the very back, hidden away in the nooks of this fantastical, arcane library. The library itself is almost magical when well it is literally magical when you walk in you can see floating books stacking themselves you can look al- along and there is academics from all over the world of faerun and beyond studying you can see students doing internships from strixhaven and all of the others um, studying and watching mm-hmm. um but today we're going to forget about all of the fanciness of the arcane studies and the path to level nine majestic spells as such and we're gonna go for a little journey as we pass through shelves and shelves of books um we get to the dustier parts well maybe not entirely dusty but at least dusty in a sense of the books haven't been opened in a long time we're going to pass through and find this small little nook and in this nook is a beautiful little corner of the world lined with books still once again these books aren't as such arcane or the studying material these are fiction or a mixture of cooking books and things that you wouldn't necessarily find in an arcane library as such but still belong and look happy there. Um, A beautiful um, table is set in the middle. Um, In one corner, a fireplace that's um, just crackling away slowly, really dim. You don't really want a huge fire going in the library. And set on the table are some beautiful silver platters, ready and empty for what is to come. A small pot is on the fire as well, which is boiling some water for what we'd assume would be some tea and setting up the table and dusting off um, some crumbs left is Huxley. Liz, would you like to describe what Huxley's doing? Maybe what he brought?
2: So I like to think that Huxley has been gathering soft furnishings for this specific area. And there's the DD equivalent of a beanbag Um, just in one of the corners, um, which Huxley tends to sit in. And since Huxley sits in this beanbag, there's a nice Huxley-shaped bum shape uh, permanently in there now, and he looks so comfortable right now. He is surrounded by piles of books that are on the floor. Um, The books he tends to, once he finishes reading one, he will add it to the pile, so it's a sort of celebratory... uh, monument to the amount of books he's read he kind of pushes his spectacles up on his face and kind of looks around glad that there's this nice quiet space in the library that he can be in um for those who know Huxley he's quite a relaxed character this bugbear who looks a little bit out of place right now with his bright blue and bright pink fur his short shorts and his knee-high boots but He is way more relaxed than anyone has ever seen him before, this is his happy place. And he just flips over the page and carries on reading uh, whatever book he currently has in his hands.
1: Fantastic, what do you think Huxley's prepared?
2: Uh, The book that Huxley has prepared?
1: Oh, Um, sorry, um, what, confectionery item? What confectionery item do you think Huxley's prepared?
2: Huxley has recently discovered uh, the d version of fish and chips, which is called quipper and chips. It's a local <laughs> delicacy. Um, it's very inappropriate for a library because it does stink it, the place out, but he brings it every single time without fail. He does hand out the chips uh, to whoever is around, um, and there's little bottles of vinegar around that he likes to uh, pour over the delicacy in front of him.
1: Thick. So I have a feeling I might have to introduce two um, characters at the same time, um, Alaric and Blaze. How would you two like to enter?
5: I think you would hear Alaric coming before you saw either of the two of them, because Alaric walks with a cane, and you can hear that hitting against the stone floor as he's walking along. Uh, but I would assume that Blaze would be the first one to walk in.
3: So you, um, Blaze would walk in, kind of uh, shoulders hunched, with a, um, like a large blanket just kind of completely covering him. And you can just see the kind of the light from his uh, his body uh, illuminating what's under the blanket, and he's just there with a little tray in his hands with some stacked cinnamon buns um, along it. And he kind of nods towards Huxley, but it's very quiet, moves in places a bit of stone down, and then hops up and sits on the stone and places his cinnamon buns in the middle. And
5: Alaric would be... He's got one hand on the cane moving in very slowly, very hunched over, and in the other hand, he's got one of those like cardboard-type cup holders in his hand that he's holding like a weight of wood, and he's got what would be the effectively the D&D version of Takeaway coffee cups in his hand, and uh, anybody who's nearby would get the strong smell of hot chocolate coming from it. As he walks in, and places it on the table, Uh, I walk over to a chair next to where Blaze has pulled up his stone, and I'll just sit down, uh, pain in between my legs, both hands on it, and just nod towards Huxley in a very friendly manner.
2: Hello. Would you like a chip? They are going cold. I I helped myself initially, I know I shouldn't have done, uh, but I was a little bit hungry. Is that hot chocolate that I smell?
5: Oh yes, hot chocolate, as always, yes, yes, yes. I'm not going to say no to a chip. Um, I must wash the waistline, no, but I will, and I will take not one chip, but three chips.
2: You can have more than that, I'm sure. Come on. You brought the hot chocolate, I brought the chips, soggy and cold as they may be. I have eaten the fish, I'm very sorry.
5: No, that's fine. Chips are perfectly fine for me. Dip them in some sauce.
2: How are we, Blaze?
3: We're doing great. And I'm just like lifting up one of the massive cinnamon buns, and it's like, I'm good with the chips. Would you so like if a... we're talking massive cinnamons, like what are we talking about here? Well, Blaze is really small. So it's probably normal size <laughs> cinnamon buns, but to Blaze, it's like the size of his hands, you know, it's huge. So it's just like, I'm good, I'm good. Do you want me to heat those up for you?
2: But the chips. Uh...
3: Actually, probably not.
2: Uh, yeah, hopefully, he begins to look around the library. Uh... Not
3: again. Yeah. <laughs> the, the blanket, I like pull the blanket a little bit more tightly over me. I just turn to <laughs> one of the nearby bookshelves and push
5: a, a slightly singed book further <laughs> onto the shelf.
2: Huxley will that one. We'll move the piles of his prize books just slightly <laughs> backwards, just in case.
3: It's okay. It's okay. I'm in control a bit now. That was one time, and I apologized and I tried to fix it. Yes. Hot chocolate. Thank you. Has <laughs> um, where, where, where's everyone else? Are they here yet? As if, as if, like
1: <laughs> perfect timing. Um, Evie, how would um, Tine appear?
4: Tine waltzes into the corner with a with a wind blowing with her. Just this mid sized kind of kind of leaf looking blue air gynasi uh, with like quite an opulent dress and a, a casual robe slung over that is kind of billowing in the breeze um and she comes in with some rice crispy cakes that are for some reason slightly singed with a little hay sweet atop each mm. one um just waltzes in and says sorry i'm late again you know molding young minds everyone everyone wants a piece of TNA these days but everyone also wants a piece of rice crispy cakes
5: oh yes. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, that sounds rather nice.
2: Uh, thank you very much. Today, uh, is is that a hay sweet at, atop the uh, atop the old rice crispy cake?
4: Oh, yes, it is. Are you? Are you? Are, do you partake?
2: Hay isn't usually the sort of thing that I tend to eat, but uh, I hear it's pretty refreshing.
4: Yes, we didn't have it two thousand years ago, but it was one of the first sweets that you know we tried when. We we came from the past, um, so it's got a special place in my heart. So I wanted to share it with all of you.
2: That's very kind, Tina Thank you. Everyone I've heard you wants
3: a cinnamon bun for one.
2: Question: Is there a
4: chaise long in this corner? There
6: will
3: be now.
4: Yes, there is.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been yeah. added, right? Like that, yeah. there was a request early on. It's like, could we really get one of these in? And <laughs> it's been been accommodated.
4: You know, dramatically reclines on the chaise longue and kind of motions to Aldrich for for a hot chocolate.
5: <laughs> there you go. There you
4: go. And thank you. She's very much at home in her corner.
1: <laughs> so, I feel like a natural, almost like ah, comes at that moment as as the first set of um, snacks. Uh, get passed around. Um, Nathan, um, maybe unlike you, but last to arrive this time. Uh,
6: it is... It, I think I think generally, yes, my character shows up, tries to show up early exa- or, exa- or exactly on time, uh, but a few minutes go by, chit-chat happens, uh, and then everyone becomes aware of this, like, this quiet outside of the room where... Whatever small little chatter going on in the otherwise already quiet library around this kind of back corner has hushed a little bit. And then kind of like hulking around a corner is a gigantic diamond dragonborn. Blue colorations and just, a, just somehow both like six, seven and a square all at the same time. And you see this again, this shadowy outline, and you see there's a, a great sword strapped to this creature's back and is carrying maybe a shield, is carrying a bag of something, and then dramatically kind of steps forward. And you guys would know this to be Grimnir Dirgeblade, Reaver, Battlelord, Pillager, Dungeon Delver, drunkard and recent entrant into therapy um, and <laughs> member of the book club. Uh, he is carrying a the shield is actually just two mismatched, large, very fancy like banquet platters uh, that are like are like sil- made of actual silver and like very way fancier than they should be. And he bustles in and is just like, oh I'm, oh, I'm late. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, well, I brought I brought snacks. I forgot. And then I had to, had to go to a vendor. Uh, uh, and then like clangs down the plat one platter, clangs down a second platter, and then takes this like sack that he's holding and then just empties it onto the the table or whatever that we have of all of the uh, the the otherwise small nice snacks. And they are just full turkey legs. And uh, and and he says, "Um, I had to pick some up, Uh, Alaric, I I promise um, only half of them have bacon on it. Uh, I know you're trying to watch the figure. So um, those those are for you. And then he like already starts taking this uh, his second second platter and starts and grabs three of the turkey legs that he just brought out, two cinnamon buns, several clawfuls of chips and like is already loading up um, and takes a seat also on a pile of beanbags. But this is like five beanbags that have been kind of assembled. And he is uh, he is wearing essentially the fantasy equivalent of a blue gingham shirt and khaki pants and boat shoes, uh, whatever the equivalent of that is. But just like the most like basic put together. I am a normal person who shops at Fantasy Old Navy. Outfit that he possibly can. He's like, do we do we start yet? Oh, hey, how's how everyone doing? The cinnamon roll, great, really good.
2: We haven't started yet, Grimnir. Uh, I I have told you before that you don't need to come to the library so prepared for battle. It it really is a safe space here. You you can relax.
6: Um. Uh. Yeah. I um. I forgot to leave the sword at home
2: this uh, leave Grimner.
6: no no <laughs> you don't need to roll uh, in. Like, we we it you don't even i you don't need to do that it's no 0% he has never he has shown up maybe one time in the history of this book club and was visibly uncomfortable and you found like a hidden dagger on him later like that's <laughs> that's what we're talking about um it's, uh yeah i uh, i was rushed and um yeah uh i'll just i'll put it Down and he puts it down like next to him, like leaning on him.
2: Well, Mr. Dirgeblade, it's always, always good when you're here. Thank you for coming.
6: I'm really excited. This book, this this week's book was really, really thought provoking, I'll say. (laughs) What,
1: who do you think was last week's book? What, who recommended it?
3: Was it? Maybe uh, Tine?
2: I feel
4: like it was Tine. Yeah.
3: I was going to say, I think it was Tine's one.
4: Yeah. On the table is just, uh, The Dragon Within by Tine Vandermeer, uh, with a <laughs> little subheading, uh, with, that also says, and also by Merton Berry-Burbel. Just, it's very small writing, you almost can't see it, it's so
6: small. But, I mean, that Tine, that Tine did, gave any credit to a, to a, a ghost or co-writer. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive, so.
4: It, it it took a lot of it took a lot of humbling. I know it's so inspiring, but the product had to be made. And you know, dear Martin, he did his part. Bless him. He he listened so attentively that I figured a small ounce of credit, just a small one, was worth his due because I am again selfless.
3: It was a, it was a really good story, but it was a bit like all over the place in the middle sometimes. Work, Poke. Poke.
2: Stop. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, perhaps, perhaps Blaze, you could elaborate on this. I, I would very much like to hear uh, precisely what it was, Blaze, that you didn't like. Tina, you could you could learn from this. I know you're a, an extraordinary writer, and you've been through so much, but imagine if you could be better. Imagine if Merton berry Babel could do his job properly.
3: I think that might be it. It was, it was, it was nothing. The content was amazing and the names and things, and it was just sometimes the interactions between people seemed a bit standoffish at times, kind of, it was a current theme through the book and I kind of really struggled to kind of, you know, get in to the emotion of the, uh, of the story sometimes. Very rarely, occasionally. Help me, Alara. Cinnamon bun in his mouth.
4: <laughs> you know what do you mean? Above all else, it was a story of friendship overcoming mm. adversity. Mm-hmm. So it actually just worries me what you might have in your heart, what you might be projecting mm. onto this mm-hmm. work of art and literature.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Almost to break the tension. <laughs> you hear a... It's a very familiar, especially to Hoxley sound, which is the clicking and clapping of heels against hard wood. Very specific noise that all staff and students and anybody in between knows um, to hide or at least bow your head and make sure you stay quiet. Um for Hoxley's benefit. This would be Miss Sildo of Um you can hear a rushed step as she appears. Um this is a high elf. Um she's probably around in her fifties and sixties at this point. Actually, no, i a high elf. The
2: version <laughs> of elf,
1: couple, yeah. yeah, their version <laughs> of that. Um stood very well dressed in like um the Leader of the library's garments, um, very well dressed, um, prim and proper, everything's very crisp and tidy. And she's holding her shoulders and she has like the classic um, squared rectangular glasses that sit right on the very edge of her nose so she can get that beautiful down look at anybody that displeases her.
2: Um, Mr Huxley? Miss Stonestar, you've finally come to join my book club. I'm so excited that you're here
1: well i didn't know there was a book club here anyway uh i'd like to ask you why on the third row up on the right on every single corridor leading to this place all the books have been knocked off by something that looks like a great
6: grimnir like instinctively as this person entered like stood up respectfully you know just like the intensity of the moment try thinking like oh yeah i'll be this is like and, like, you see just, like, eyes shoot down to the greatsword, but says nothing while stuffing his face with turkey legs.
2: Miss Stonestar, I've I've been here this entire time, but should you wish for those books to be rectified, all you need to do is ask, which is what I believe you've done.
3: Mm, what is an ungodly smell? Solomon Bonds.
2: Would you like one?
3: <laughs> mm. Have you done all of your work? I may hand one towards her. <laughs> She holds her hands up, like... My question. I made them myself.
2: In terms of the work that I have done, uh, Miss Stonestar, yes, I have done that. There may be some additional items for me to complete, uh, but they are thoroughly scheduled in on my agenda.
1: Right, very good. Very good. Um, I had a question, um, but I just, well... I couldn't bring myself to come speak to you. Um, do you know if the shepherds have got anything else for you to do? You've uh, been here a couple of weeks now.
2: Well, yes. Uh, I'm taking a leave of absence here temporarily. And I'm sure once the shepherds have something for me, we'll both know.
1: So uh, What you're saying is I'm going to have to find something for you to do.
2: Well, as you've already mentioned, Miss Stonestar, respectfully, there are some books that need arranging on the uh, third shelf, uh, three shelves up, along the corridor. So, yes, you're correct. Right.
1: Well, I see you're taking a break, and, well, uh, I keep getting reminded by the black staff that the staff deserve pranks, so I shall leave you to it. Very um, kind of you, thank you. Yes, and just sort of, she like turns and then like half cocks her head back and like almost as swift as a shush would come out of her mouth an unruly student making too much noise. Her hand just snatches the um cinnamon bun and she marches off.
2: I think that went well. Oh, oh. <laughs>
5: I'm going She'd... to pretend, I'm going to stop pretending to read my book now. <laughs> yeah, we'll read my book
3: now.
4: She walks away, can I just kind of press the digitate a smell of rotten eggs that she can just walk into?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, you just said, Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! It was Alaric again!
2: <laughs> I'm in really- oh, for... Yes, Rimnia.
6: How? How do you tolerate such disrespect?
2: I wouldn't call such it- tone! Dis- I wouldn't call it disrespect. I just think, I don't think she's read enough fantasy. I really think if she were to read of adventure and and good overcoming evil, she'd be a much, much different person.
1: Nah, she's got a stick up her ass. <laughs> See, you hear go. from, um, on the shelf of the window, a plant is sat there. Um, it looks very, in very similar to, like, a Venus flytrap, fly but the mouth of the Venus flytrap is moving. Um, like you'd know this as crockpot Um... pot pot Um, and they are just a reading companion? you will most likely set up a book every time you leave, and you're the only person that ever gives them a fly, or um, any water. But they, yeah, <laughs> as simple as
2: it goes. not, not so loud. I know Miss, Miss Stonestar is allowed to speak as loudly as she likes in the library, but we really must keep our voices hushed. Uh, but if you'd like to turn my page for me, I would very much appreciate it.
1: Yeah, um... All right. All I'm going to say is it wouldn't hurt if, you know, just asked, you know, said
2: please. I
6: Grim- agree for once with this <laughs> terrible plant creature. The big lid is talking again. Glares.
2: Grim- Grimna tends to do talking, don't you, Grimner? You're very good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All
6: right. I am right. trying I'm, to I'm be just better.
1: I'm just a bit tense, you know. Every time she comes in here, I'm always scared she's gonna throw me
3: out window.
2: Well, if she's not a tent, she...
3: you're a plant. But
2: <laughs> well, if she throws you out of the window, we'll have to throw her out of the window.
1: Oh, I like it when you you make those sort of insinuations. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it'd be crackpot, not. Crock-pop.
2: Don't want to crack your pot, <laughs> Crock-Pot, do we? Yeah.
1: Hey, no. hey, hey, see what's it, right? Uh, what's the next book?
2: I'm
1: oh, right, excited.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you asked. Uh, gather round, everyone. I know we had a horrid disturbance from the head librarian, but if we could all settle down, uh, as we normally do, um, hopefully brings out, uh, quite an old-looking book. Um, perhaps aptly titled The Missing Pages um, and this is a collection of short tales written by Dania the Prattler um, Huxley uh, likes to uh, sort of sit with that in his lap and he lets you all know well <clears throat> Dania the Prattler uh, had a big beard just like me, uh, he did waffle, not like me I hope, and there's a bit of an awkward silence, and uh, So, this is where we're going to begin. Tine, thank you for your last uh, entry. It was very informative and well fleshed out. Thank you. Thank you. If you could sign mine, I would be very thankful to you. Of course, of course. It just kind of does a big flourish. Thank you. Um, And I guess I'm going to open the book.
1: So, you open the book and the there's a little sigh of slight disappointment as the first two pages are like almost stuck together from like a coffee stain of some sort or someone doing something they shouldn't be like drinking or eating next to this very nice book. Like
5: um,
2: clarification? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look sternly at uh, Alaric, uh because of the hot chocolate, obviously. Um,
5: as, as you look at Alaric, there's just a little drop of hot chocolate about to fall down onto his nice sort yes. of suit.
1: Catch it quickly with my mate hand. <laughs> but the first two pages are stuck together, so you turn them over. And that disappointment almost doubles as the pages have been ripped out.
2: I, Liz is personally offended by this, Mike, I, ow, uh, who, who would do such a thing? Is this, does everybody else have this book, Mike, or is it just Huxley?
1: Um, it's just the one, Okay. but what you usually do is then sit down once you've kind of like presented it and talked about it a little bit, you'd then, I imagine Huxley would sit down and then rewrite the book multiple times for everybody so they have their own copy unless um you have some generous like teenage who has multiple copies of her book at all times um <laughs>
4: give out <laughs> <to> literally everyone <laughs>
1: um but yeah if there are a more specific or old book that you only have one copy of um imagine you sit down but at the end of the day you gain great insight and benefit from reading the book and writing it out multiple times
2: Sadly, I can't start at the beginning, which is something that I like to do. We'll have to start on page... five. I was just counting up page one, page two officially. Yeah, page five. Um, if that's all right with everyone, I'm sorry. The missing pages, it is living up to its name already. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, if, if it comes so worse, we can just read my book again.
6: Uh... <clears throat> Grimnir suddenly has his sword in his hand. He's like, I can try to get the pages apart.
2: You could do that, Grimnir, uh, for which we would be eternally thankful to you for. Um, hmm. Mike, what's on page five?
1: Um, it's like a dystopian fairy tale, or the start of one anyway. Um, it's like a rip-off of Red Riding Hood. Or I guess the original in this version. But yeah, they're very creepy, very... but um, yeah, and only leads to a couple of pages. Um, but you notice on the top of the chapters, it sort of says, don't read ahead if you've not read the first one.
2: Right. Uh, so it's telling me to not read ahead, but I have to.
1: Yeah. Okay. you kind of like, it's an oxymoron. <laughs> I-
2: Right, well, <clears throat> I'll begin. And the trees clawed the sky, the mist swelled around them. Uh, uh, Red decided to wander through the woods, scared as she was, as to what would befall her.
1: As you say the trees, the room around you dims. I meant to and do that. And where the stands of the cabinets that keep all of the shelving um, of the books. The sides slowly begin to crack as the smooth sanded um, stained wood begins to almost show like knocks of wood and bark begins to crust out on them. Huxley totally unaware, the four of you kind of look around as the Wood expands slowly and slowly turns into more of a spherical um, trunk shape. Books begin to get slowly shoved and fall off one after the other, yet Huxley still doesn't notice. When Huxley mentions the mist, you notice the floor. You're not in, for a second, Blaze panics thinking. You might have set something alight, but you realize this mist is matching with Huxley's cadence as it slowly lifts up. The room around you, Huxley, when you look up, at sort of waiting for a comment or an excitement or a gasp, you notice that all five of you are now sat in a forest.
3: The same chairs and the same table still in front of you.
2: I'm going to shut the book really quickly.
3: <laughs> Your magic is getting so good, actually. I feel like I'm right here in a forest.
2: Are <laughs> we it's dreaming?
4: Transformative... I was going to say that it's a transformative magic of fiction, but this is a bit more literal.
6: Brunier punches himself in the face.
4: Oh. That <laughs> I slap Alaric.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no. I think not dream. Not
2: Uh, DM, please, may I just do a cheeky little arcana check on the book that I've just read?
1: (laughs) give me one. Uh, I'm Um... gonna
2: nervously summon Stampy as well. (laughs) For those who haven't seen Stampy, Stampy is my um, uh, scribe wizard. I can't remember what they call it. Uh, But he looks like a book stamp with googly eyes on him. Um, It's my instinct thing to do if there's trouble. Uh, And yes, if I could Do an arcana check?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you do that. Can everybody pair me off with a wisdom saving throw as well, please?
2: I believe I have advantage on these.
6: Very good at those.
2: 28 on arcana, Mike. 17.
6: 17. After rolling an 18 on the die. Uh,
5: 13 for Alaric.
3: Mine's just rolling. Seventeen. Uh, Tina?
4: Teen, mm, sorry.
1: And Huxley.
2: Oh, wisdom save, sorry.
1: Yes, please.
2: Okay. Uh, a whopping ten, Mike.
1: A whopping ten, so anybody that rolled underneath a sixteen. Right. Every time you speak, you finish your sentence with Huxley said, or Grimnir pronounced. Every passive thought that you have comes out in narrative as if you have a thought, you go, Huxley thought this was slightly strange.
2: Huxley
3: was terrified. Are you still terrified?
2: Huxley paused for a moment, considering what Blaze had just said.
6: Uh, wait, are, are you actively, like, no, terrified? What were, wait, were you, wait?
2: Huxley said, yes, I am currently (laughs) terrified.
4: Dine moved her weight to one hip and just, and regarded the party and thought to herself, what was in those cinnamon buns?
3: What was in those hay sweets? Alaric
5: looks around, shocked, and then exclaims, What is going on? No,
3: honestly, what is going on?
6: I am very uncomfortable with all of this. Um, and he's, like, this is this is Nathan describing what Grimnir is doing, not Grimnir describing what Grimnir is doing. Uh, he's, like, taking in these, like, deep measured breaths and is actively holding his greatsword just in two hands just while taking these deep cleansing breaths like this uh, um i'm getting a little uh confused uh what's
3: oh are we doing a first person book club huxley (laughs) are you surprising us with a theme
2: Huxley Huxley.
3: huxley is confident
2: Huxley pondered, wanting to impress Blaze, but then instead decided to look at the book, which he assumed had brought he and his friends here, and gazed at it in wonder.
1: With a 28, you realise quite swiftly, although very tricksy and very clever, um, and you definitely not heard anything as elegant and smooth a transition you've definitely passed to another place. Um the book kind of puts half and half together of the books taking you somewhere. You don't have enough evidence of where this place is, but overall, there is, you have a couple of working theories. Um, end of a plane of existence, um, end of a demiplane, or um, an entire shunt, um, but yeah, a couple of working theories with a twenty-eight. You know, you haven't got you haven't got nailed it, but you definitely are aware that the book is what's to blame.
2: Reluctant to answer and uh, worried at what his friends might think of him, Huxley replied, "I think it's the book. Uh, it certainly brought us to this place." It could be a... It could be a different plane. I, I'm sorry. I had no idea.
3: Just turn towards Grimly. Grim it's okay, Grimnair. Deep breaths. We're, we're, we're safe. Blaze said confidently.
6: Liz, is Huxley holding the book? Uh, Bill?
2: Yes, although considering putting it back down on the floor again.
6: It is now... Just suddenly in two pieces, as Grimnir has sliced it in, in half as soon as you said, maybe it's the book. Just
2: <laughs> Could I do a dexterity saving throw? Because as much as Huxley, <laughs> Huxley Absolutely. needs to save the books.
1: <laughs> mm. um, just give me a um, roll uh, to hit with your sword, and you just got to beat that. Whether uh, that
2: happens. Or... 11. <laughs>
1: I think he could fail somehow only a 12 <laughs> oh. So the surprising Huxley surprising himself um, you managed to be quite surprisingly quick almost predicting Grimnir's, um reactive nature um but you're just too quick and with a, sh- the pages get ripped in half.
6: Oh. Did that fix it?
5: Uh, Alaric's face goes white as a sheet as he looks between Huxley uh. and Grimnar and and says with a quiver in his voice, uh, "I think that might have been the way for us to get back." And then he walks towards
3: Blaze and cowers behind him. I I use my my blanket and I kind of wrap Alaric around in the blanket. It's okay, Alaric. I don't know why you're speaking weird, but you can start speaking normally now, please. Thank you.
5: Alaric looks towards Blaze
3: emotionally and says nothing. Are there still we still have all the food and stuff, right? Um yeah, you're still sat down. And... I'll just I'll just um, mate hand some chips, some cold chips over from Huxley's bean bag, And just it's okay, Alaric. Alaric takes the
5: chips and eats them and a slight shiver comes out of his mouth as he realises they are now stone cold.
2: Unable to look at Grimnir in the eyes due to disappointment, Huxley tries to cast Mending knowing it's not going to work on the book. Does it work on the book, Mike?
1: To be fair, not. not. It doesn't
6: not work. But That's the worst way a DM could answer any question.
1: <laughs> so it almost, like, you can see some of the fibres have almost, like, attached slightly at the um, leather um, back, but it's definitely not to- together.
2: Unsatisfied with his performance, Huxley manages to look grim there in the eyes and says... I've done my best. In future, Grimnir, please refrain from resorting to slashing books in twain. I, it, it's one of the worst deeds someone can do. And we've talked about this before.
6: Grimnir looks admonished and, um, yeah, sorry.
2: If there's an, uh, Huxley exclaimed, In a hushed voice. (laughs) If there's an enemy, by all means, but books are not enemies. Books are friends.
6: I don't know, I'm... There was one book in that, in a cave back in, uh, 17 years ago or something, Zub was an enemy, I'll tell you.
4: You Ine, uh, walks up a little sheepishly and says to Huxley, with a curious expression on her face. May I see the book for a moment? I would like to try something.
2: Huxley, looking towards Tine, uh with a friendly glance, more friendly than the one he gave Grimnir, uh, <laughs> hesitates, wondering if it's a trick, but then proceeds to give Tine the book, wondering if Tina could perhaps be a little more humble on occasion, uh, but hands the book over promptly. What a
6: wonderfully meandering
4: (laughs) wonders to herself Is this what friendship is?
2: Does anyone really (laughs) trust me? Am I even worthy of love? And takes the book. Huxley graciously says, There you are, Tina. I hope there's something you can do.
4: Ine says, Thank you, give me a moment, while thinking to herself Maybe friendship just makes you feel bad, and that's what it is. Okay, let's try this. This um, <laughs> is a double-edged sword. These thoughts um, <coughs> is going to just try to on the pages that were stuck together. Let's kind of open it where it's been where and kind of you, try to use press the digitation to like heat little bits, and then use a little bit of a breeze to see if you can get them a little bit unstuck.
3: That's really cool. Give me a sleight of hand to so see you sort of... Yeah. Seeing Tina do this, could I help by helping produce the flame just to heat things up?
1: Yes, but I'm going to need an arcana check from you. For as what? you've been known to not be trusted with, with fire. Me? <laughs> the fire. You canonised it.
3: There. Oh, it's... Team Dibon's being a bit slow. One second, you can
1: definitely do at advantage, seeing as you literally are the thing that you're trying to do.
3: Uh, I'll roll the one and Team Dibon, but it's being a bit slow with the dice. So the first one's a seven, and the second one was <laughs> an eight. Okay. Just kind of
4: kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> seeing that it's a bit on Predictable, just kind of tries to take it away and kind of is like, just, Blaze, would you let me do my thing, dear?
3: Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I was trying to help.
4: I know you were. She nodded, uh, <laughs> sympathetically, suppressing a sardonic eye roll. <laughs> um, I got a 15 on the dice, so that is a 17.
1: 17? It's getting there, you know. You're You're slowly starting to put it together um you might have maybe mishmatched a couple of the leather and paper fibers a little bit so the book is not quite shutting as normal but overall it's it's not a terrible fix um you all sort of are looking at this book almost desperately in a way looking at it as your sort of hope for escape um, and you can hear laughing. Um, and sat between Blaze and Alaric, a silver-haired gentleman
3: Wait, under 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 the blanket that I put over Alaric. It's just someone yeah. snuck in <laughs> in between you, um, and
1: he is holding a teenage book, and he's like, "Bloody hell!" hell. So i lived a right life here what's going on and so I, like licks his fingers and sort ah! of carries some paging through what do you have here hello um,
5: Alar- Alaric jumps out of his skin out from underneath the blanket rolls across the floor crick- cricks his back and then stands next to Huxley like who the bloody hell are you he shouts towards this so haired gentleman who has appeared in front of him
1: well, that is getting old, and swipes his hand, and all of you no longer voice your thoughts, feelings, and all of the above. Um sorry, it's just a funny joke that I like to play, but let's just uh, have normal conversation. And then if you, you know, if you fancied it, I can let you do it again. Um who's buck is this?
2: Uh, well, uh, I
4: you clearly are a, a person of lit, of literature, of higher learning, with uh, excellent taste in books.
1: Thank you. Uh,
4: what can we call you?
1: Oh, <laughs> um, uh, well, I go by the Prattler these days. Uh, in fact, let me show you what's exactly going on and clicks his fingers and the forest and mist around you, like, swizzles and turns and you almost end up in this whirlpool, um, of leaves and trees and, um, mist as it spins and spins. All of you almost feel forced back into your seats. you know, like in a roller coaster, a spinning roller coaster, and you almost get pushed to the back of your seats as you all spin. And the the Prattler sits there and he's like, let's go! Um as you spin. Um, and then it shunts to a stop. And around you, this unimaginable hall sits. You're still on your chair and you have your table with surprisingly un broken and all still present food that you brought. Um, but around you, this gargantuan library, but not a library with corridors or anything like that. It is just this huge room, thousands and thousands of feet long and wide. And on each side are these hundreds and hundreds of meters books that line up to the point where you look up and you cannot see it ending. The floor around you is just this incredibly clean, sparkling marble. The gentleman sits there um, with a raised eyebrow, almost a little cockily. Welcome to my short stories.
2: Might I interject? Uh, You say you're the prattler as in Dania the Prattler who wrote The Missing Pages, a collection of short tales. The book which I, brought us here. That's
1: one of my books. Yeah. Well, it's not supposed to. You're supposed to just read it.
2: So it wasn't you that enchanted this book.
1: Well let me have a look at the book. Can you give me i a... I'm sorry, the We had an accident. Yes. right well this explains it someone's tainted my literature who did it
2: which specific taint I'm sorry there (laughs) there are many uh, misgivings of the book Uh, two of of the pages were stuck together Uh, some were missing that's number
1: one
2: Uh,
4: it was me I cut it in half you cut it I, I cut it you... I right, accept the blame.
1: We've got another four pages missing.
4: I ripped them out. Message to Huxley. Is this the right thing to be
2: doing? I, I kind of just felt like.
6: Uh.
2: Uh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't antagonize the pracker. um You didn't do any of this. Uh, just act normal.
6: Rimnir, without without hearing any of this side conversation and feeling immensely guilty, steps up next to Tina's um, and I ate the four pages. The missing ones.
2: You seem- I
6: also share responsibility.
2: Yeah. M- Mr. Prattler, I, we're making up our own story. You inspired us so greatly that we are creating our own liter- literature. Fortunately, it doesn't have any pages. We are simply uh, acting it out uh, together. And I look... Uh, she looks very sternly at Grimnir and Tine in a... Please. <laughs> Let's just get New this straight. Players,
4: at the place of old, we... Play our story out verbatim, to be transcribed at a later date for the enjoyment of others. This is simply our creative process.
1: Alright, who else wants to to top up on this? Who's next? I'm I'm excited to hear these, uh, you know, this story. Who's next? Lark is currently sitting
5: on the floor in a puddle of his own sick from the, all of the spinning and whirling <laughs> oh, around. No. Uh, I, I'm trying to uh, clean up the... Uh, this floor is very dirty. Let me just quickly help by cleaning this up. Uh, 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 uh.
3: I, I provide uh, expert opinions on food and beverages to most accurately describe them within the literature. Here, have a cinnamon bun. <laughs> I made them myself. You know, it's a great show of character,
1: uh, people that bake and bring them to other people. I find it delightful. Thank you. Right, let me try this. Now, this is a gentleman of high taste. What are the standards of these cinnamon? I don't know... You can either make a character decision, Blaze, slash Johnny, or you can trust the dice.
3: So Blaze, I think Blaze is a very good baker. Like, that's what he loves doing in his spare time. But I feel like these cinnamon buns were more of a, I'm about to go to bed. It's 11 o'clock, I've got book club tomorrow. Oh my god, I haven't made anything. Quick, what do I have in the cupboards? So I think I'm going to go. You have to go with dice, obviously but yeah. I just want to set the expectation that Blaze is normally quite good. Okay, I think um,
1: we'll give you um, some guidance, shall we? Well, you can have a d4 on top. That's very kind. What should I roll for? So just a d20 performance check um, with the benefit of guidance on top.
3: i want just...
2: I'll oh, roll
3: it with okay. it. So that's a two on the D4. Uh, the performance roll, sorry, I have to get my dice, is a 23. So 25. These are some
1: damn yeah. good cinnamon rolls. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you see, like, he it, it, it takes that first bite. And you see him like hold the cinnamon there. And he closes his eyes. And you see him slowly. Just... Yeah. That's almost spiritual man. Oh. Right, uh, I think we need a cup of tea for this. If we're gonna eat these, right, he clicks his fingers and a pot of tea and um China um, appears for everybody and it's hot, steaming, well um, steeped already, ready to go. And he picks one up. Um, as he goes to pick up the China, the book just floats in front of him as he's got one hand with the cinnamon roll, one hand with the tea. Um, so, usually, if one messes with a god of storytelling, especially one of their books, uh you get in a lot of trouble. So probably what happened here is I wrote my, you know, short stories uh, for the will to enjoy, and then someone decided to well ruin it. And when you ruin something, you get told off. Uh, oh. Alaric, uh, you didn't make up a part of the story. I know you were busy in a moment ago, but I'd like to hear what you've got to say.
5: What I've got to say? <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> sorry. a bit of the old man came out in me then. Um... You notice
1: the fun in him disappeared?
5: Uh, Not much to tell really, we all gathered for a lovely story, we started reading from the book, we noticed that there were some things missing from the book, and we were teleported to this wondrous place where we met your fine self, and the entire time we were eating lovely afternoon tea with chips and buns and hot chocolate and
1: all of those things. Very clever, straight to the truth, well, i like to hear. Yeah. Alright, so looks like there's been a misunderstanding. You didn't break the book first, alright, fair enough Grimnir Grim maybe jumped the gun, but the point is you weren't the first to ruin it. So we're at a, a difficult position here.
2: What are the choices? Uh, if one must decide, there must be uh, an option A or an option B, and sometimes an option C.
1: Right, um, A. I get rid of you from existence and don't, pretend there wasn't do, a cock-up.
2: Don't do that. No. Uh, right.
6: Let's, okay. Um, let's
2: not do. Let's not be hasty.
6: Uh, what no. what actually means is no, thank you.
2: Correct. Very much so. Thank you very much for reminding me about my manners, Grim No, oh, thank you, Mr. Prattler. Uh,
3: Are you really a god of storytelling? Eh, one of them.
1: There's many of us, but... Do you want to hear this library? No, this is just
4: all of mine. Can I just clarify? Um, you, a, a god of storytelling, enjoyed my memoir.
1: <laughs> I feel like there could be a beautiful, humbling moment here, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, no.
4: Not bad. Oh, I'm so genuinely touched. Can I put that on a quote on the back?
1: Uh <laughs> how much would you charge for that?
4: We can work out an arrangement.
1: Alright, alright. Uh sure, why
4: not? Oh. This has been a rather good book club meeting, yeah. you know. You,
1: well, I do enjoy I when... Do
4: existence aside.
1: I do enjoy when people really, hear, you know, although embellished, don't get me wrong, who doesn't? It's the truth, and that's what matters the most. In every story, in every thing that you should write, you should write from your truth, and that matters. So, luckily, asked for a... Plan B.
2: Or C. You, or, or
1: C, okay. All, right, all right. B, you work here forever. Be my librarians. Organise every single book here.
2: I don't mean to be rude, but it already looks very organised. I don't think there's <laughs> much else we could do with it.
1: Very astute of you. I'm <laughs> just a little bit lonely. Anyway, uh, number C. Um... Well, there's four pages missing. Four... short stories.
5: We We could fill in those stories for you!
1: We (laughs) could write them! I knew you guys were quick! (laughs) Yeah, well, there's something missing that needs to be fixed. And how are we gonna do that? We write some more short stories. So, should we sit down and write some stories? Well, let's take a tour, have a little look around, give you some inspiration.
4: Why do I feel like there's another boot about to drop? Like there's like this isn't just going to be a creative writing project. <laughs>
1: Yo, you guys are way too quick.
3: It's not.
5: <laughs> I, I have a feeling we might have to live these stories in order yes, for them to I, go into the book.
2: I think so too, Alaric. Yes.
3: What?
6: No. Um. I mean, I I have a lot of stories I can tell you. Um, about uh the campaign in uh in the south where we got all those sheep. Uh, or that one night uh, with the, the paladin lady and the the interesting ways you can use lay on hands
2: Grimnir we, um, we, 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 exactly we, 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 we we promised we wouldn't talk about that specific adventurous night
6: no
3: more uh, smart after 50 states of fame we've exactly. talked about this oh, I, I put the book
6: away
4: <laughs> someone banned Sarah J Maas from this book club called damn
6: I like the idea that uh, uh Al- Al- Alaric, right? Oh my gosh, my brain just short-circuited on how the name was pronounced. <laughs> and Grimnir just stay after book club and have a second book club that's just just smut book club. <laughs> smut book exclusive. Smut, books.
2: Books. smut by candlelight. Love it.
1: Mm. Although that sounds fantastic. And there's not- it, it I mean, was wow. Um, impressive. You lost me for words. Yeah. I hear that I want a lot. to experience it. Learn from it. I want to walk into all of your souls and see the real stories hiding behind each of you. They're all very interesting. More interesting than the last group. It's just a bloody group of bandits who burned a buck just to get one. Ended up here. Got them cleaning and polishing the floor for a while, but... Well. Oh, explains it. Mm. But,
2: what happened to well, them?
1: I'll show you. Come on. <laughs> and he stands up. <clears throat> um, Come on. me? And basically just, like, marches into, like, the... It's just so big. And he just looks so little compared to, like, these huge shelves that go off. Endis- endlessly um, and begins to just sort of march down come on keep up if i lose you i'm probably not going to come find you oh uh, okay oh, quick, quick 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 um it's a it is a brisk pace alaric i am sorry um
2: <laughs> i think i'm gonna cast a uh, long strider on alaric i have it on the <laughs> uh, one sec. Uh so your speed increases by ten foot uh for the next minute, I believe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he leads you across and opens walks across and slides a book out um and opens it. Um here
3: is the bandit. I don't see any dead bodies. Or smell them. Or any and live he reads, bodies.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He turns the book around and holds it out.
1: And it reads Day One. I've been and it's a diary of being in a basically like a demiplane, plane. But they're living a nice life. From what you can see, they have a family and enjoyment, but they're aware that it's not real. And that they're just in this little world, trapped. But, this lands it shut. Now, that might seem a little harsh, but there is a way out. But they just haven't figured it out in 4,300 years. But I have... I have faith that they'll
2: figure it out. Uh, 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 um. I think that's older than you, Tino. Definitely older than you. Just a bit. It's
3: even older than Alaric.
5: <laughs> I... I don't think... Am I that old? I can't remember.
2: We discussed it once, Alaric. I, we couldn't recall who was older, me or you.
5: Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. Yes, <laughs> I
3: oh. think it was Alaric who looks older, but Huxley is older.
2: I think both of those are offensive, plays, but I think you're correct.
3: <laughs>
2: <Shit>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I um, agree, and I
2: bye tap bye plays on the head blaze.
1: with my cane. <laughs> Better though. There's some people here that I've come willingly. Can you imagine this library eternity
3: not going old? I mean, I'd like it. I mean, look how many. But Huxley, you must be in heaven right now.
2: Buxley is looking around, very, very suspicious, but so tempted to go and just look at all the books. He wants to smell them and look at all of them and spend a long time here. Uh, uh it's, it's all right, Blaze.
3: do you have a chair made out of books? No,
1: but that's brilliant. Like, clicks his finger and immediately oh. <laughs>
3: You just whispered to Huxley, your chair with books is bigger.
2: <laughs> it
4: is. I have, I have a question, Mr Prattler, if that's okay? sure. Oh. So, what's the books here? Do these stories also exist in our world to also be consumed? Or do, are they just kind of your own personal collection?
1: No, I some of them. Um... As far as I'm aware, if I write it in here, it appears in the uh, material world.
4: So in a way, these bandits have achieved storytelling immortality.
1: Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm pretty sure this one is in the very same library you guys came from. Mm.
2: Anything written in this universe appears in ours, is that correct? Or does it have to be you that does the writing?
3: That's a really interesting question. Shall we find out? Mm. <laughs> I have an idea. Do you have a pen and paper? I have like...
2: I have a quill, Blaze, if you would like.
3: Yeah. One moment and clicks his finger
1: once again, as ever, very elegantly. And a stunning, like the dream journaling um table appears with a beautiful leather chair with the Whoever sits in it, the chair changes to be perfect for your back's arc. Um, and the table has every single piece of parchment you could think of, all with each of your named, like individual. Um, they're made up, but they look incredible. They're almost like what your mind would make up after hours and hours of trawling, your own little name stamps that would go on traditional. Um, letter making and um, you can see in, there is five um yes exactly and the yeah, individual stamps um there is a book binder there are um sort of areas to sort of set up an entire book um and a selection of all the quills but almost out of respect there is a inkwell empty for huxley's quill
2: Um, Huxley's a little bit embarrassed by his quill. Um, he's just going to pop it back in his robe. I have an animated one anyway. Don't worry, uh, Blaze. Feel free to use the very nice selection in front of you.
1: You know, Huxley, i have always found that stories and literature is always the best when it's done through legitimacy, when you're being yourself, you're not using other people, you're using what is familiar to you. I wouldn't ever put your quill away in this place and feel embarrassed, because that in here is your most powerful weapon.
2: Huxley will reluctantly pull out the quill and pass it across the blaze.
3: Are are you sure?
2: As your hand reaches out to take it, I'll kind of pull back in the old man way though. And (laughs) then I'll give it back to you again.
3: I am again, like, so I, my hand doesn't actually touch the quill. I have like a mage hand, which is like the second skin type thing. And like almost like a little spectral kind of second layer to hold it. So I don't burn anything. Uh, Are you sure? I, you have never let me, I've tried.
2: So many years, I know you have, (laughs) of course. Yes, Uh, if there's any place, I suppose this is it.
3: Prattler, your magic is so strong. What have you done to Huxley? (laughs) I just turned to like everyone, like really proud, like, (laughs) look. Um, so I can write something and we'll see if it works. Yeah, you. Can I need some ink?
1: sit and write and you notice that Huxley's pen begins to like um what colour or sort of vibe is Huxley's magic? Um if you could remind us.
2: Oh very pastel colours. So yeah. pink, purple, white, blue, um all of if those. If your ships. energy
1: was to come off this quill mm-hmm. as Blaze writes, what how would you think it'd look?
2: It would certainly bear all the colours of Huxley's fur. Um, and there would be the smell of old books as they are opened, as the pen traverses across the, the parchment. Um, there'd be the smell of leather. Um, I sound like I'm... What's that That perfume? Is it Tom Ford? Anyway, it's it's really nice. And it smells beautiful as you uh, write whatever you're writing.
1: It is a little download, Blaze. What has Blaze decided to go for on this page? (laughs) Um,
3: So once upon a time when Blaze was transported to a library, he suddenly found he was several inches taller. (laughs) He's like, yeah,
1: you grow several inches taller. Nah, I'm just kidding. And then you um, <laughs> go down slightly. Oh, you suck. Uh, how cool would it be if
3: you could just write and things would just happen right here? Um, I was about to write a lot. <laughs> like, you have no idea. No. Uh, I may tend the quill back over towards Huxley. But I shouldn't be tempted.
1: Did you leave a full stop there,
3: Arbinterst? Oh, I did. Of course I did.
1: <laughs> you notice, but all of you I imagine are paying quite a lot of attention. The letters glow in the same colour and fashion of Huxley's magic and almost as a swipe, almost like someone's hand has been put on top of the page and swiped it off the table, it flutters away and sort of switches off into like a bird, like a really elegant bird shape of the paper, as it flies up and slots itself into the huge library bookshelves. But just before it does, a shimmering pear doubles and the pages and second page almost translucent appears and dissipates. Oh look, it does. When you write something, one copy will go to the material plane and one copy will stay here. That's really cool. I can't believe in like 10,000 years I've never
3: thought of that. So what did I just do? You wrote a very empty book. It's, yeah, someone's gonna buy a book. I'd be really disappointed. Yes. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Prattler, for disappointing you. I mean, I just think you—you
1: know—need to take a step, create a bit of creative excitement, and that I think that's just what we're gonna have to do. So let's tell a story. And who do we have first? Eh, we'll find out. Bye, as you all, back to your seats. And you can see him still stood far off um, in the library side, and you've all been forced back onto your seats. Um, And you can look across and he's just stood there like, waving away. and. The books all morph and blur as you go back into this spin and you spin, 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 spin. Alaric, let's throw a constitution saving throw out. Let's see what happens. <laughs>
3: I may hand over his mouth. So if something <laughs> happens, it stays.
1: He's like sev- grabbing
2: on his shoulder as that happens as well, so.
3: 17. <laughs> yeah, you keep it in.
2: <laughs> yeah, buddy. <30. laughs>
1: and shunt back immediately you all lock each other's eyes as a torrent of rain drops on you oh you look around yes immediately the steam um is given off by blaze um you look around and you're in a swamp of sorts You know, you've got the willowing, bendy trees around everywhere. It's dark, it's misty, once again. Um, The floor is like, it's that classic moss where as soon as you put your foot down um, and sink into the moss, water replaces on top of your boot. Um, It's not to the point where you're like, you know, like wading through, but it's um, mossy and swampy and wet. And this torrent of rain, is, I mean, let's be honest, Grimnir looks incredible, glistening with all that water. But (laughs) apart from that, it's might not be potentially the best circumstances. Destin, one, two, can you hear me?
3: Yes, that was very Uh, loud. The heroes,
1: nah. The adventurers. Mm-hmm.
3: What's a good adjective for you all? We got a name. The players. Wait, no.
4: No, no, no.
3: Not again, Grimmy. A fourth wall just broke in my brain. Anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> librarians are quite severe. We could be oh, the librarians.
1: The librarians, or oh, the librarians book club.
3: Okay. It's actually called Huxley's Book Club, but yeah, exactly. we haven't really... We haven't done any banners or anything like that yet.
4: The Huxley and the Book Clubbers.
3: Yeah. The and the Book Clubbers. The Huxley
1: and the Library And the Book
2: Clubbers. That's like a pop band.
1: <laughs> find themselves... <laughs> lost. Yep. True. But. Confirmed. In a torrent of rain. Do we want lightning, or is lightning a bit too much?
4: No, never too much.
1: Oh, damn. And it like, a huge, like, as one of the trees just explodes next to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, we're storytelling already. We find ourselves in a torrent storm. You're trying to find your way. Now you know... What you're looking for is in front of you, but which direction is in front?
6: That, that. Are we all facing the same direction? No, you're all facing (laughs) each other. (laughs) Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, This is like uh, the time with the, with the lady in the, in the lake thing, uh, wait, okay, okay, uh, hold this, and like, gestures to whoever is closest to like, hand them his like, slab of metal great sword. I don't like, I don't like doing what I'm about to do with it, I've gotten, it's, you'll see. And then, after someone takes it, he just spins around dramatically, his eyes closed, and just like, like, like a top just spins and then stops and then like peeks open an eye. And then it's like, ah, uh, that way is the way.
1: That's yeah, how I like style. <laughs>
6: <laughs> this sword is very heavy. Can you take it back now, please? Uh, yes, please. And he like grabs it immediately and like is just like holding onto it tight.
4: direction? I mean, is there anything or is it just rain? It's rain,
1: but there is a pass there, like between two trees, you can see there is like almost like a a winding lead. It's a mud path, there's definitely nothing particularly fancy about it. You look to the left and right and there are little gaps in the swamps elsewhere, but I,
5: I think I think um, it doesn't really matter what way we actually go. If we are writing a story, then the narrative will take us in the direction that we
3: need to go anyway. But, you know, let's go the way that Grimnir has pointed us. Mr Prattler, I think you missed a bit out in the story when the lightning flashes, revealing the path that we take forward. Make a persuasion Jack. I help I
4: look by nodding. Uh,
3: so that's a 13, uh, that's off the desk, uh, a 13 <laughs> and a 5.
1: In the direction Grimnir points, an explosion lights and like a lightning door sort of arch appears.
4: Oh, wonderful! I guess that is the way. Uh, Tine will kind of do a little hand motion, and a ball of light will kind of go uh, like fifteen feet in front to kind of light our way. It's like, come on, book clubbers, adventure awaits!
3: Oh,
5: I'm a retired from adventuring, but I suppose I'm going to have to do it. Let's go!
6: Yeah, um, guys, uh, and like this is as as we're walking, uh, Grimnir's like, guys, look, um, Doctor. Ramblefoot, my therapist, said I shouldn't, I should take a break from adventuring. Um, I'm just, I'm in a transition, I think, part of my life or my journey is what he says, whatever. Um, uh, so I don't, I don't really know what to do with that uh, information, but like if we could do like, like a medium amount, medium to mild amount of adventuring. And that's like kind of where we cap it. That would be, I think, good.
5: That's a Bramblefoot said the same thing to me, but that was fourteen years ago, and I'm still going without adventuring.
4: It's okay, loves. We've got me and Blaze here to take the brunt of the of the adventuring rigor. Yeah, we got this.
6: We got this. I just, I, I just, I worry if I start adventuring, I won't be able to stop adventuring, and that's, you know, we're just.
4: Well, you know, it's adventure now or be wiped from existence. So let's just, oh, you know, take it easy. Take it easy in, and oh. then we'll ease back out.
3: I am, I am slightly worried though, uh, Mr. Prattler. Can you like not listen for a minute? Hi, I'll go boil the kettle. Thank you. <laughs> Eat some more of the cinnamon buds. They're still on the table. <laughs> um, um, I don't know how. He's not listening. Okay. Um, I reach into, Actually, I think Alaric will probably be carrying it for me. So I kind of r- rustle over to Alaric and I pull out uh, a book that's completely empty apart from Alaric's name on the front page. And I'm just like, can you, can you write your name in my book, please? Uh, everyone, just, just in case anything goes wrong.
5: Just, just write your name. Just sign it. it. It's perfectly fine. Don't worry. I've done it plenty of
3: times. If if Alaric falls off a big ladder and breaks his neck, his neck doesn't break, but the the name disappears from my book. I have been known to fall off a ladder a couple of times, especially in the library at Blackstaff. It's um, it's a it's like a helpful book.
4: I thought we were going to be signing our souls away to the genie no. or something, if it, was, no, if it no, no. stops us from dying, dying, that's absolutely
3: fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, don't like take it too much for granted, it's just like a stopgap thing. Just in case he's not as, you know, it's not just water that he throws at us, you know. In
4: your case, just water might be
2: deadly enough, my
6: friend. I know, I don't like it already, it's freezing.
2: <laughs> I will so uh, sign his name in the book.
6: Rimnir makes a cool stylized skull and this makes a G next to it, G and a D next to it.
4: Tina. Like proper autograph style uh, with the little accent above the E is like a little flame.
3: Perfect. Thank you. i um, so I'm using it's the gift of the protectors. It's one of my class features, so um, with my permission, a creature can use this one of its action to write its name on the page. I can contain up to five names, so it contains all of our names now. And when you drop to zero hit points, you are not killed; you are instead reduced to one. But that can only affect one person per day. So it's not like if we all go down, we all get it. It's just the first person that affects, and that just lasts until it's used. I'll put it put the book back into Alaric's satchel for me. Just in pass
1: through the Arch of Lightning.
4: Yes, with a light in front.
3: We confidently march through the lightning door.
2: Knowing that nothing will befall us when we do.
5: Oh, hang on, uh, are you back yet, Mr. Prattler?
1: Do you want me to be? <laughs>
5: Uh, for you to uh, chronicle
1: our glorious adventure. Yes. Oh, ah, right. Chapter one. Think red, but not like a bull. And that's why we'll take a break. Um, we'll be back in about 10-15 minutes. We'll see you then. so welcome back um last we left off you um right told you the name of the chapter um and a little reminder if anybody wants one
4: Please. Um,
1: chapter one think red but not like a book the rain is Incessant. How are we all feeling about the rain
3: and the place we're in? Blaze is kind of hovering off the ground slightly, but still with this cloak kind of pulled over him, shivering, and then every now and then kind of flares with a bit of heat to get his body temperature back up, and then goes back to shivering, just kind of floating along, looking pretty sad and sorry for himself.
2: Uh, Huxley's fur is so soggy right now. Uh, <laughs> the pink and the blue is just dripping down his entire body, and he looks forlorn, <laughs> miserable, and like there's a job to do.
4: they looks sodden and a bit, a fair bit ticked off. Every so often, the light cantrip just kind of f- fades and. Uh, just kind of prestes herself to get her hair in better order so the fun buns are still fun bunning and it's still <laughs> going in the wind but then has to do the light again and it's just miserable. <laughs> also, heels sinking very deep. Oh. Pomp.
5: Uh, Alaric's hair, very grey hair with some small black streaks and it is very sort of down and across. Is, it's very it looks very flat and very wet he even though we haven't done anything yet he looks very exhausted already and really does not look does not look like he wants to be here at the
6: minute uh Grimnir is like holding on to his very large greatsword uh very tightly and is is like walking with his eyes closed and trying to take a lot of deep cleansing breaths and uh, every once in a while we'll just like open an eye to make sure that he's going the right direction. Um, but is is trying to keep composed. Uh speaking as of this composed,
1: continues. can you give me a dexterity saving for a disadvantage, please?
6: Who, moi? Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> well, would you say that this is an effect that I can see? <laughs> Absolutely
1: not. You closing your eyes. <laughs> That's what I
6: wondered. But I rolled a 20, so. Okay, very good. Um, quite dexterous. Well, I'm quite mm, good at evading things. Yes, you um,
1: sort of, you're squinting, and you, for some reason, there's a part of you, like, the danger sense in you, the veteran, we could say, um, kicks in, and you sort of slightly open your eyes to a branch that is like right in front of your face and you, I feel like with a 20s, someone's quite, yeah, just like,
2: Do any of us notice that that had happened and does it look like the tree was aiming for Grimnir?
1: Make a Perception check, because I cannot remember your passives. Does anybody, all I need is, does anybody have a silly passive? 22. Yes, okay. Um, Alaric, you you can still make your Perception check, but Alaric, you... You can swear that the branch just kind of learned, like... Down slightly. mm Before Grimnir sort of dip, dip, dipped away. Um, what did
2: you roll? Oh, uh It was gonna be a natural one, and then it wasn't, so it's a 15.
1: Um with a 15, yeah, you can, you know, it's, you're not entirely sure if it's just like the wind, or if it, like, this, this storm is pretty epic now, especially with the lightning being added.
2: I think we should stay away from the trees just in case the lightning strikes, they fall over, crush us and we die. I don't wish to jump to conclusions, but that could happen. It's an eventuality that I would like to not, not happen.
5: Uh, I agree, and it it looks like the trees are potentially trying to um, grab us as well, or hit us. We'll do something to us. What? Don't kill them.
2: (laughs) Grimnir- Carry on. What, what? One of the trees seemed to try and get you, either to grab or to hit. Have you annoyed a tree?
6: L- um, like, here? Recently? Or ever? Because those are, uh, three different answers. One of the above. Uh, n- not knowingly? No. I am not technically allowed. To walk into a particular forest on the other side of the continent anymore. Do you think are they did? Do you think they heard about that?
2: I think like they, looks around at the trees. I think they might have there I think the trees are connected in more ways than we can imagine. Through their roots, they speak to one another. I think, I think you've annoyed them. I think you should apologize immediately.
6: Grimita, like, looks around, noticing how many trees there are, and, um, I see now, uh, this is, uh, trees, Uh, I'm talking to you with the benefit of hindsight and time and knowing myself and how my actions affect others better. Maybe I know I see that I shouldn't have chopped down a bunch of trees to stack on top of each other, just so that I could say I was the king of
3: logs
6: (laughs) and I did ignore a few times where the trees maybe. Well, I assume they were trees, asked me what I was doing and said, uh, don't do that. We don't like Um, so I'm that was uh, my bad.
2: At this point, Huxley's just, like, nudging Alaric with his uh, elbow just to see if Alaric's picking up on the joke here that we've just made Grimnir apologize to the truth. Uh, 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 that was a very good apology, Grimnir. Yes,
5: just...
4: You know, he's just there, uh, like, looking visibly disappointed. He's just like, oh, Grimnir.
6: <laughs> like, I, I, I'm trying to be better. You know, I... I did a lot of things, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of, and I did a lot of things that I am now learning I shouldn't be proud of. Um, And I am on my journey to a new life and new me.
5: You're you're getting there, you're you're doing very well.
1: Shall we proceed? (laughs) Like, the the tree behind Grimnir, like, as as the lightning strikes it, like, almost a half-humanoid shape is built out of it, as you almost just see the shoulders of the tree just go like, What? (laughs) And just shrug. (laughs) Uh, And another one saddles up next uh, is sort of near Huxley, and just um, a hand, a wooden hand, comes out for a high five.
2: I think, I think this is what you're meant to do, I've never done one of these before. <laughs> I will high-five the tree.
1: As far as you can tell, Grimnir, that was heartfelt and
6: truthful. Largely, yes. King of Logs is still a cool title.
5: No. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. So that let's keep moving.
1: You carry on. And Tina, I am sorry, but those heels are becoming a real problem. It's
3: <laughs>
4: mm. yes, I do. I can't levitate on myself. Nice. Will someone pull me along, please. Yes, yes. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm imagining just brain. like <laughs> strap a rope around Grimnir and just like like around his waist and he just like walks forward like a sled dog. It's like just what,
3: three of floating now, isn't there? So <laughs> a teenage balloon. A teenage balloon. <laughs>
4: yeah. Literally just there like, hmm. It's much better now that I can lay down on the air.
1: <laughs> You travel and you know those old fashioned like um, reels where they'd be sat in a stationary car and then there'd be like the cinema screen behind that would be rolling constantly and everybody would be like, "Wow, well, yeah, let's go and pretend to drive. There's a point where you almost feel like that's happening to you. Like it's the same scene that you're walking towards but you're not entirely sure whether you're actually moving forward or if you're just walking in the same spot, constantly. To a certain point where you hear like a sigh of boredom and then like a rip as the scene in front of you that you've been traveling or what perceived to be traveling towards sort of rips open and like a new opening to a forest um, sits behind it.
3: Next scene. You know, that's not normal, right? How many books have you read Well, where they just skip to the bit where that's interesting? Oh, we're not allowed to do that. Hook. He said that that's really bad.
2: No, you have to cut. You have to really take in the words and on all the pages and really read. Oh, I'm the talking reads. about,
1: I'm talking about nice. when the author just does a little scat timescape, That's all.
5: Oh, that—that's called the abridged version. Nobody likes the abridged version.
3: <sighs> I <don't Wait>. time. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that forest doesn't have any rating, right? Uh.
1: It, hmm. What do we think? Do we want it to, you know, weigh off a little bit? Or do you want it to be a bit more aggressive? Do you want to really create a scene?
2: I think a nice summer's day would suit me very nicely, and I think Alaric's niece would thank you eternally for it.
3: Yes, they definitely would. Mm. We're, We're talking like like a-, a riveting story. We should endure the elements at the harshest.
6: We're oh, like, yeah. What if we, like, fought at the top like a, like a sick volcano? Yeah. <laughs>
4: It what if cable. what if the forest is a dead forest? You know, and there's like all dead leaves and it's all like kind of spindly, but there's no rain. It's just shadowy and atmospheric. And,
3: and webs everywhere. It's yeah. Like shadowy. Yeah. You know, a shadowy it's like... forest.
1: I can work with shadowy forest on a volcano. All right? You know, that could be exciting. Yeah, um right. with don't like cobwebs, that sounds, you know, a little bit on the nose,
3: you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a good writer. <laughs>
1: no, no, we can just change. Right, volcano, forest, creepy... Summer's day. <laughs>
5: <Half-gast>. <laughs> Dormant volcano as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just Mild to, just peril.
1: We can leave that for a surprise. All
2: right, go
3: <laughs> on then, <in>, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I no. move forward happily.
6: <laughs> if this is if this becomes a dormant volcano, this will not. This will now no longer crack my top twenty-five coolest places <laughs> to kill someone. And I'm gonna hold that against you. Wait, what? Do You want to kill
5: somebody in in, in a volcano? I'm slightly concerned now.
1: Not us. As... So you walk through. The rip and you enter, and it's strange. It's almost like um AI art like the sort of um the forest plus the volcano plus it's like none of it seems to actually sort of fit correctly. And you can you know, it's like once or twice, like a tree floats off into the air, and like you hear like a shit, and like, it returns. Um, and then the Shadows begin to sort of seep in, and this opening surrounded by the volcano in the distance and the forest around, you can see five figures stood at sort of like a, in a semicircle on the other side of this
3: clearing. These are the book clubbers.
2: I was good. Should we invite them to join the book club? No, like books.
6: Uh, you know, I don't know, some weird like cult or whatever, t- sacrificing someone on the top of a volcano or they're like, ah, oh, we're your mortal enemies. We're here, you know, five on five, the ultimate. It's a let's not we got to see what their deal is or whatever. Not that oh, I'm adventuring, right. but.
4: No, shadowy figures.
1: You get slightly closer. And these figures are incredibly generic. Like, commoner clothes. um, Each of their faces is very, like, nondescript. But anyway, they're just humanoids. Some could potentially be elves. Some could potentially be orcs. It's, It's very vague. It's almost like f- very little effort has gone into actually creating something. They're all and they all stand as in a similar stance with a sword or a pike or something. And the middle one shouts, You can't have it. Can't we have? Oh, I didn't write that part. Um, narration time. Here we go. A standoff between five bandits and a party of heroes. Maydama. These bandits have taken a poor hostage for ransom
3: The horror. Who could possibly save him?
4: You will yield? The hostage to us or face our wrath.
2: Please. I, I feel please. like we established manners helped earlier, name, We ask, please. It's, it's dramatic storytelling. You know,
3: Aha! We'll burn you all to death.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, could we could trade the hostage for
5: some cinnamon buns?
2: Or some chips?
5: Or some chips? I have hot chocolate.
3: Food or death? Tea cake or death? <laughs> <laughs> Can everybody roll initiative <laughs> <laughs> god damn it <laughs> can you imagine if just a random group of people walked up to you and was like ah oh, die all three chips please <laughs>
2: 17 Well
3: 10 Well. natural 19 21 a slight shift
1: happens as almost like a tactician has positioned you to make it more epic, as you real you feel your shoulders be pulled back into positions and slid across, as you almost match the five um, nondescript um, NPCs in front of you, um, as you are in like an opposite semicircle in front of them. Please. Uh, let's. Whereabouts in the semicircle would you like to be? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Perfect. Um, They, for context, for spells,
3: I'd say they're about uh, sixty foot away. Okay. And are they, you know, within like a radius of around twenty feet? <laughs> um, you'd be able to get three of them. Okay. So, like the middle one or
1: an edge, you could pick.
3: Sure. Um, so Blaze is like, um, you, you want, you want us to Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alara? You... I'm kind of like looking around for permission. Uh, and... uh, uh, I, su- I suppose so. Okay. Um, the bandits look in horror as Blaze grabs the sun itself and burns them to hell. And he just, he's trying to be dramatic. And in his hands, his whole body just glows and it kind of shoots down his hands and forms a gigantic, gigantic fireball in his hands. And he just kind of <laughs> overhead just goes, yeah, and logs it <laughs> directly good. at the three of them.
1: So. Okay. Lend
3: me your
5: strength.
3: We've Don't burn any... the crisps.
1: <laughs> Uh twenty-one. That one will just save. A, a not a sixteen?
3: Fail. And a twenty-six. Oh one will also succeed. eight. are deck saving phase, yeah. That's for so yeah. sure. So, so, so two saves is- and one fail. So that is just rolling the dice so that would be uh, 32 plus 5 37 to the one who failed and whatever half that is for the two that succeeded <laughs> uh Brilliant. 50 what is they 17 yeah
1: 17 they get blasted as one of them gets thrown onto the floor the other two seem to sort of hold strong slightly um, but sort of the other two kind of like step back slightly um, away from the flames and sort of turn towards you guys um, with a bit of shock. <laughs> Seems to have like they weren't quite expecting that. It is now one of the first nondescript NPCs. It they're going to they just got to blast over and dash straight towards um you blaze it's not like like the way they run is like holding the sword up and like Um. but there's like that's just it (laughs) it's so like generic as they run towards you um and sort of come and and meet you and sort of almost start that sort of dance um trying to find your weakness. And that'll be that one's turn. Huxley.
2: Oh, is it me? Uh, The wand, the myth, the legend. Uh, Bravely, Huxley will, uh, using his (laughs) peregrine helm, uh, begin to ascend into the air backwards, 60 foot, leaving someone behind, and that someone is stampy yeah. and as a bonus action i'm going to ask stampy if he'd very kindly move uh forwards uh, within touching distance of one of the nondescript non-player characters whatever that means <laughs> dm are they wearing armor by any chance is it classes on um, metal it looks
1: like leather
2: okay that's fine and for my Action. I will use Stampy to cast shocking grasp at the one in front of me. And a hand is just going, my hand, my furry arm is going to extend from Stampy, the little book stamp with googly eyes, and grab the leg of the person near me. Uh, near Stampy, sorry. Dot uh, great, 18.
1: That just misses.
2: God damn it. Stampy, you'll have to do better next time. Ah, and that ends uh, Huxley's turn.
1: Very good. Alaric.
5: Seeing these uh, nondescript people running towards us, uh, I will go and I just completely turn invisible. (laughs) Uh, Just before I turn invisible, you watch as I unclick the buttons of my one of my um, sleeves and you can see some little sparkly metal bits underneath there and I completely disappear and I will move sort of almost 20... I'll move 20 foot back. Nobody can see me. And then one of the nondescript people will get hit with two daggers as so I throw daggers at them. Uh, where's my text? There they are. Oh, uh, the first one is a 22 to hit. Oh, that hit. Uh, that is going to be... Why did that roll... Oh yeah, because it would be a sneak attack because I'm invisible. Uh mm. that is seventeen points of piercing damage. Nice.
1: Um <clears throat> for just for specifics, are you aiming at the one that is in front of um Blaze or yes,
5: the one directly in front of Blaze. And the second attack is a nineteen to hit. Uh
1: yes, that that hits.
5: Just and it's hit. automatically rolled sneak attack for some reason. So that was that is eight points of damage. We take this take the sneak attack off. That shouldn't be there. Very, very good.
1: After getting blown up and then that, and the nondescript NPC does not look so good. It is now their turn. Two, the the final two that were blown up get, sort of, shoved themselves off, and they are gonna run to the furthest, um, on the left side of where you're facing. Um, We haven't really placed anybody, so let's do a d4, well, apart from Blaze who was in the middle. Let's see. so one of them takes sort of a, a lean back and pulls a crossbow from underneath their um, sort of that has been stored in the side, aims and attempts to loose um twice at Huxley with a um seventeen to hit. Uh
2: I think not. I'm going to use a shield, which will increase my AC to 22.
1: Awesome. And then a 16, I imagine doesn't Does, does not. not be the 22. No. Um, how does your shield look?
2: Oh, I'm glad you asked. Well, my shield looks like the biggest book you've ever seen, opening up its lovely pages to receive whatever damage would hit me.
1: <laughs> a generic, like, cheers and claps. Comes through from like nowhere.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Seems <laughs> that seems to she seems to have impressed. Um. Okay, Tine.
4: Oh, um, is there one specifically that seems to be gunning for me?
1: Oh yes, the one that I skipped over the turn off. Oops. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. Um, they're going to rush out at you and, um. Instead of running straight at to try to get um, right in front, they're going to take a stop about 30 foot away from you and shoot. With a 22 to hit.
4: That hits, yeah.
1: And a... Oh. And a 24 to hit.
4: A 24 also hits. Oh, dear. I could do something if it was below 20, but... <laughs>
1: So you can take um seven points of piercing damage. And twelve, twelve points of necrotic, as the shadows that you described seem to envelop the um bolts from this crossbow as they shoot across. I'm okay,
2: fine.
1: getting back at them time, Tine.
4: Okay, Um. so first things first, Tine is going to use metamagic to uh, cast Quicken, to use Quicken metamagic, which also means I get to roll on my elemental shard Yes. Table, but I'll do the spell first, which is going to be. Um, she takes a dragon claw uh, out of out of her bag or her pocket, probably pocket, and just goes claw and flicks it <laughs> towards them. Uh, can they make a deck save, please?
1: Yes, of course. Oh, that's a twenty-eight.
4: Oh, fuck them! Doesn't hit. Ah, oh. on a failed save. Nope. The object did not strike something, so that was for nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I've done quicken spells, so I'm gonna do my meta magic Yes. What... Okay, so that was a four, so... Water! Uh, I create a wave A wave of water burst from you in a ten-foot radius. Each creature of your choice takes 2d6 cold damage, and must succeed a strength saving throw against your spell save DC, or be pushed ten feet away and fault-prone. <laughs>
1: Very good, I feel very sorry for the guys that have just been on fire. <laughs> okay, um, so you've got one sort of 30-foot sort of directly in front of you, and then there's one just sort of to your side in front of Blaze. So I would argue you could probably, you know, if you nudged, you might splash Blaze slightly, but you'd be able to probably get both of them. Yeah, I'll get over it. I will, I will oh. do that. Can they make us drink? So
4: let's see. Yep. Yes. two six and can they make a strike state? Fourteen. Does not make it uh they take seven full damage. Another <laughs> <Number> fourteen. No. <laughs> they are both pushed ten feet back and they are both yep.
1: very good. Very good. Blaze, you do not alone you no longer have a um combatant right in front of you.
3: your face anymore.
4: And then, in addition... Oh, so wet! <laughs> I thought
3: you'd stopped that. t we
4: <laughs> will be fine. Um, and then I'm going to aim a firebolt at the one that was shadowy and nasty to me. Um, and that was a nat 20. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so that is... And it's an, I'm also going to say it was a nat 20 with a plus 13 to hit. So it was a 33 to hit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, That's great.
1: See, so I'm happy you can either roll the same dice and double them, or roll double the dice. Probably up to you.
4: I enjoy rolling dice twice, because it's the okay chaos. Yes, get stuck in. Okay, uh, I need another another D8, another D8, another D8. Uh, I'm missing a D8! Why now, of all times? I'll just roll 12 dice 14 this 16 Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Ooh. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30,
1: 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. Fire damage.
4: Ooh. On. Yes. Ouch. And it is. It kind of comes out of like a. And then blue flames, very specifically, kind of stove top. Uh, just kind of pierce and Nice. Company.
3: Yeah,
1: and you hear a. I don't know if DNA would find it satisfying, but an incredibly painful scream um, as they sort of throw themselves into the moss and do like stop, drop, and roll to try desperately get this um, horrific, um, just very effective spell. Okay. Grimnia. I
6: have two questions. First, is there anyone. Are are there two combatants who are like standing close-ish by each other, not knocked prone at the moment?
1: Uh, There is. There'd be the two furthest to the left that one of them shot at Liz and the other one probably is right next to them now that was in front of Blaze.
6: Perfect. Uh, And and those are still standing? Yeah. Excellent. Um, So Grimnir is going to you know, he has his sword out, but is going to, taking some deep breaths, just kind of walk across the battlefield. And uh, it's just kind of, as he approaches these two individuals, just kind of uh, raises a hand and says, Hello, uh, I would like to try and settle this dispute, whatever is now between us. Through the power of words and (laughs) self-expression. Can we resolve this amicably? Make a persuasion check. He's not very persuasive. (laughs) Oh, no, he's actually medium persuasive. Ooh, uh, that's a 17. A Seventeen. A quizzical look comes across.
1: It's nondescript. Come
6: on. And I'm like standing like in front of them now. What do you mean? <sighs> Violence should be used as a last resort, and is not a replacement. For discussing your feelings. So what are your feelings right now? And can we resolve any negative ones you may or may not have? Uh yeah. Give us him back. Um sorry, you're gonna have to be more specific
1: give him
6: back Who's the
1: him? The guy you took from us?
6: Huxley Did you hear that?
2: I I did. Uh yes.
6: Does does that um is that one of those like when you said uh a a plot hole?
2: Um It depends on whether they eventually tell us what it is that they actually want. Uh, The plot hole would be the case if they never do.
6: Grimira is looking up at the sky, assuming some disembodied voice with a fun, jaunty accent might chime in.
1: Irritatingly, the guy speaks so freaking much. Doesn't speak this time.
6: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's... Let us all, we should sit down in a feelings circle and talk this through. And he, like, hangs his head a little bit. (laughs) Mate, you're a right weird bandit, but all right.
1: And... <laughs> one of them like throws this sort of on the floor, and they kind of all just kind of waddle over to you guys. And one of them just sort of goes like, Hi, and goes up to Alaric and sort of puts his hand out to shake. And he's like, I oh, hope Al, you're right. I, I appear out of nowhere because I'm still invisible. Oh, of <laughs> course. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and they all kind of sit down in a cervix circle.
4: Do I have to join the feeling
1: circle? Oh, um, do we have to?
2: You're I already thought... forming half of it, so yes.
1: Right, well...
5: I'd rather not fight if that was... If you could oblige that. I'm retired.
4: Yeah. So, um, I thought you had a hostage that we were retrieving?
1: No, you guys have got the hostage that we were saving.
3: I'm not a hostage.
1: Uh, No, no, in... And behind you, you can see this sort of like, as noble as noble costumes can go, like ridiculous poms and um, sort of a fez hat and like jewellery going everywhere. And he sat there with um, his hands
6: tied, and he's like, hello. But is, uh, is that one? Is that one yours?
1: Yeah, that's our um, our Baron. We've, we we came to save him from you, you you bandits.
2: So I think there's been a misunderstanding. We're not bandits. We're part of a book club. Um, <laughs> both begin with B, so I can understand where the confusion uh, began. Um, secondly. Is this man a nice baron? Does he treat you well? Are you sure taking him back is a good decision?
7: Yeah, he's alright.
2: Is that correct? And I'll ask the baron.
1: Nods, insistently.
2: Well, he's not with us, so I suppose you can take him.
3: Hmm. Uh. oh <laughs> I thought we were supposed to be talking about
1: feelings.
2: But how do you feel uh, about that?
3: How did you feel yeah. when I fireballed you? <laughs> um, well, Jeremy looks worse for wear, but overall, sorry, Jeremy, I apologize for my behavior, and I like, talked Grimner, like, yeah.
6: I think that I think that's what you're supposed to do.
2: Yeah. All right. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how do you feel? about a book stamp that can see you.
6: (laughs) If it's too much, you
2: you don't have to answer straight away. It's just
6: six for me.
2: I mean, what does ten indicate? I was hoping uh, our feelings could tell us this.
6: Amount of feeling.
2: Oh. So you feel substantially about a small book stamp that can see you with its googly eyes.
6: Um, well, I'm still learning feelings. Is confused a feeling?
2: Correct, yes, it is.
6: Then yes.
2: Well, I think we've made some steps.
1: I don't think my character development card went this far.
2: Have yeah. you tried asking questions? Like, how... Do I feel about living here? What's my favorite thing? How often uh, do I communicate verbally? All of these things will shape you as a character, uh, as a, an NPC, whatever that is. That's a derogatory term. Yeah.
6: Do you have any hobbies? Dr. Bramblefoot said, I need more hobbies, and that is Um, key to a well-rounded person.
1: I was created ten minutes ago.
3: So, no. Do you want a hobby? I could have a hobby. What about fishing?
1: Does that involve fighting, killing?
3: You fight the fish in a way. Alaric, you taught me how to fish. You could teach them how to fish, and then we could go and continue our journey.
5: Yes, I could teach you how to fish. I'm still getting my head around this whole NPC thing. Is that another non-bandit term for non-person chaser?
3: Non-bandit chaser?
6: i Oh, been no, because a- that'd be NBC then. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't spell either. <laughs> I've, been a- I've been a bandit many times, and I... I have never heard it, but I regional dialects or whatever.
5: I think it's a new term that we should coin. Mm. Is is that the phrase? Mm. But yes, I can teach you fishing, and then we can go on our merry way. There's a volcano there. Should we fish in that?
2: Non-persistent uh, criminal. Hey, oh, there, there we I'll go. Yeah.
1: Um, the noble sort of like walks between the middle of this. Emotions circle, um, and kind of goes sort of. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, and ask like holds it out, and then you realise that it wasn't even properly tied, and it just kind of falls apart. Um, oh, okay. Um He walks sort of off, and then like dramatically turned. You thought that I needed saving, but you will pay for your actions.
4: Jack is a caricature of the nobility. Uh, hello? this is not accurate to how nobility acts. Uh, This is a caricature.
1: Look, this is my first try. Can you come and help? Just like tell me what I need to say. Say like you were fallen for my deception and. I'm
3: for you all to die and... So try I personalize it a bit more. Speak about yourself in the statement makes it more scary. Right right well monologue that's that's the best way to do it. Yes, you want a monologue uh, yeah, So sir- the great ones. Make uh, sure you use that accent to stick it oh beautiful and
2: really really swish the cape as well. make sure that that billows as you turn.
3: Take, oh, take
5: three steps to the left, five steps back, and a little okay. more to the left. And okay, then okay, okay. And oh, I'm, direct, right. I'm directing okay. him off of the cliff into the volcano. <laughs>
4: Don't forget, you need to look at us the entire time, eyes down, looking up, a little a there little
2: sinister focus on that. Um,
1: um, okay, okay. There he is. If and you... frustratingly, his, like, back heel is on the edge. Um,
6: and if you're, like... You know, do like a quick approximation of all of us and then be like, ah, we're not so different, you and I. That's like a big one. Like, again, I get that one a lot. Uh, you guys, have you ever? That happens to me like, like most, like most times.
2: Most people do think I'm quite different, so I can't relate to that. I'm sorry, mm. Grimner.
6: You've
1: fallen for my deception. I tricked you into capturing me so I could
6: push you all. Aha! Aha! What happened?
2: Do we clap now? I'm confused.
3: I mean, oh, no, please, Barra, don't kill us, Um, spare
6: us with your mercy. You did trick us, congratulations. Um, do we go now or?
2: <laughs> I'm confused. Is this what normally happens in the feeling circle, Grimlin, or Do we commonly get tricked?
6: Uh, I mean,
2: deceive in.
6: Dr. Bramblefoot says usually the people who get deceived the most in the feeling circle is yourself. <laughs> so, Aaron,
2: I'm so sorry. Sort of. I was
1: told you were professionals. I thought this was going to be like a whole dramatic scene and it's been ruined
3: by feelings. Is he still right on the edge of the cliff? Sorry, Tina, I think you were gonna say something.
4: Okay, so we need to just wrap this scene up in a really dramatic way, yes? Mm. Yes, all agreed? Okay. You and I, we're gonna end this as we began it, you, together, and I tackle him off the cliff, and <gasps> then I, then I sprout wings halfway down and fly back up again, <laughs> leaving him just to st- go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: All
1: right got, got. like right, Everybody, make up. And you see like these random like blobs come out and start doing the makeup on. <laughs> The bandits and you see the noble walking out and like brushing himself off and he's like, Oh come on, that wasn't cool. Why are you giving me blush? Stop it. No, Tina, that was
5: really I cool.
2: think you look dashing Alaric. It
3: looked amazing.
1: So we're supposed to be storytelling, right? And well, I'm not gonna lie. And uh, to be honest. Teenage distractions, you know, and all that. I'd like to keep that, you know. If you tackle them off, you know, the final sacrifice, fantastic. I will warn you though, if you go into the lava, you will die, and it's not all right. What I can do about that? Nintendo. Cool. Now, this was supposed to be a teachable moment, Grimnir. Why are you? I. I, You. You a lot you were supposed to learn from this whole story.
5: I think we did, didn't we? I, th- I thought the whole purpose of it was we've learned, or grinnier has learned, that is to share his feelings in times when he is tempted to crack, kill, and murder everything.
2: Right, That's right, why. right, yeah.
5: But
1: I was supposed to teach him that. Not
2: himself. I think his doctor, Dr. Nettlebush, would strongly disagree with that. I'm sorry, but uh, mm. we must trust science.
6: We've told you something. How do you know about podiatrist?
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Isn't it like a self-development thing? You know, going to, we need to learn these things ourselves I, through well, you, you shall
1: It's going to do some real clever hijinks and it would have, you know, mixed him all up. And he'd had to learn from it, and and then it was going to be like the double bluff, and you know, the evil noble was tricking you all along. This whole thing
3: planned. Oh, I feel very tricked. I don't know about all of you, but I feel completely bamboozled.
2: I feel like their hearts weren't in it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Feel yeah, like if, the
4: half-baked plot twist. It's just it made everything more confusing than it did. Like <gasps> surprise yeah. drama. It was, it was something missing.
5: It was the whole. You know, they started off as the bandits with the hostage, and then suddenly it changed to us suddenly being the bandits with the hostage. Right, but I never it
1: loses people. Uh, the, the whole clever thing was I never told you, or I, I never made it clear that you were the heroes and they were the bandits. It was all very vague. That was the point of to be like, oh. I, could have,
5: I could have sworn you said the heroes go to stop the bandits and we were the ones approaching them.
1: Right, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just a terrible writer.
3: No, you're not. You're not.
2: Uh-oh. It's got That'd great
1: potential. Nice.
3: It's
6: just uh, first draft. Yes,
5: yeah, first draft. First draft is terrible. Yes. yes, every writer has numerous amounts of drafts before they settle on a final product. Tina will be the uh, person who could tell you that as a accomplished writer herself.
4: Of course, of course, I narrated my story, narrated my story to Martin Berry Burble at least five times before we got the specifics right.
3: Right, you so... just need
4: to plan it out, say it aloud. Say it to someone else. Bounce the ideas back and forth.
2: Often, I find that, uh, it's better to read your words out loud before you, uh, commit to them at all. Um, there was a very common writer, Brals Brickens, whose works were completely read aloud for all to hear. They were written for that purpose alone.
6: We're all just gonna- we're all just gonna let the table sit with- with Barles Brickens. Barles
2: Brickens, <laughs> common writer in Waterdeep. Very good. What what, um, beard. what, what would you like us garden. to
5: get out of what would you like us to get out of the scene?
1: Well, to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't about you guys, it was about Grim Grimlieb.
5: I f if it was, if it was it was about him learning and developing, I f- mm-hmm. I feel I feel that he accomplished that. Do you feel yeah, that, that you
1: accomplished that, that Grimdeer?
6: Yeah, that it, never works.
1: I call the learning.
6: Uh, oh, oh! Believe me, there was a lot of internal fight. It's like the books we read. Like there's sometimes there's like the the kind of like oh here's what's happening and you see it, and then there's the ones that are like the thoughts, right? You see, you read the thoughts of the person. And if you, if you were, if it was my thoughts, you'd be like, uh, I want to really want to chop these people in half like that. There was a lot of that um, or like, you know, kind of like pick one up and kind of use it like a hammer on another one of them. All like it just it's that was all there. But, you know, so you didn't it was off screen, off page. Oh, you get it. Here
1: passion that could've oh it would have been sensational. Right well congratulations I guess you've wrote a story. It's a bit of a weird off wall breaking confusing story. And also NPC means non-player character. They're all I made them so just to make it not confusing to you
3: guys. Um… You'd be all the gods. Right, uh, sorry, I,
4: uh… It was very avant-garde.
1: Anyway, you'll need to get the piece of paper that you'd have fished off the noble once you'd finished this fight, so… Go find him.
6: Isn't he just standing there? <laughs> 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 having brushed himself off? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Alaric, right, you've noticed that, like… He's over at craft services? Like a um <laughs> like a two-year-old running with a chocolate bar, the um nobles just like bolted off about sixty foot away and is running as fast as he can into the forest. Uh, I
5: think I think we need to chase him, uh, don't you? Does anybody want to go after him really quickly?
3: Uh... I will go with you.
5: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, hang on, uh, one second. Um, uh, 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 can you just wait? And I have uh, didn't really do much of a description when Alaric was when Alaric entered, but he has like a harness on his leg, and I unclip it and take it off and give it to Blaze. But give me one second. Knee cracks, and then I move dash. And move again 120 feet, because my foot feet, Holy my foot is movement. Shit. <laughs> and I will just stop right in front of the right in front of the old right in front of the noble and be like, uh, I'll take that bit of paper, please. Yeah, he's already out of breath.
1: Like, he only ran like 60 foot and he's like
5: <laughs> Why did he make me run? Where? Why did you run? Because he told me to... oh, just take it. Take it. And i hobble back really slowly.
1: It's a bit of paper. Now, The slow clapping begins as you return. Now that... That was a beautiful moment. Just, you can't write that. Oh no, way <laughs> we just did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I appreciate that beautiful moment for Al- Alric. I mean, it was supposed to be grim news, but I guess Alec's has taken it. How's your knee?
6: Mm
5: it hurts
3: you and haven't I done apologize.
6: that in years. I apologize grimnes it's, it's uh, i'm sorry um yeah, uh i didn't have um a lot of like uh, motivation to get that paper so mm. i'm i'm fine and i just like i just washed this outfit and it's like the begin the gingham like button down shirt it's like i didn't Try to keep it clean, so.
4: You no, know, maybe, maybe the problem with the story isn't so much what happens, but the genre hmm. it is in. I feel like you're going for a fantasy adventure vibe, but I think we're going for more literary fiction character study
2: is kind of the energy we're giving right now.
3: Hmm. You have to make sure to speak to your audience.
2: And don't shy away from dialogue. As much action that mm-hmm. there was in Alaric going to chase the Baron. There was there wasn't much dialogue to go from. I think our feeling circle had some splendid dialogue within. You
1: no, know, you're right. I didn't really give the NPCs much to work with. I thought, to be honest, them just threatening you a little bit would be enough for you to, you know.
3: If, if, if it was a real lesson for Grimney, if it was me, and not saying i of got a stories or anything, but I would have done something like the bandits throw a boulder at Grimney's head. And that really would test, you know, Grimney's ability to be feelings
6: orientated. And like, there's like a lot of people who hate me. Like yeah. a lot, like a lot. And some of them I, I do still hate. I. Yeah, Dr. I mean that Bramble moment Floyd's made me okay with that. To, to, to,
1: but to, to you say, you the know. moment with the um, threes was beautiful. A little bit of slow chime music, a bit of like maybe you know high pitched, soft um, singing in the background, just you know just harmonizing. That would be a really beautiful moment.
6: Yeah, but then it was just like five people. I've killed like I've killed like. A lot of sets of five people. It's not really like.
1: Right, well, believe it or not, they're actually they're quite difficult. I thought
3: you make it.
1: Right, read the bloody letter and then we can get out of here. Thanks, a piece of paper <laughs> and It says, Chapter one Think red, but not blackable. Be aware of danger but don't always just go straight to anger. Awesome, and you get pulled straight into that whirlwind. Um, back onto your seats. Um, and it looks like, although the fish and chips and the cinnamon bun, the um, Rice crispy cakes um, and the hot chocolate are all there, multiple more bits and bobs have been added, The tea, some teas there, there's scones, there's sandwiches, stuff like that. As you spin around, um, Alaric, let's get that constitution saving throw out of the way. Make really. hand. Oddly
5: enough,
1: that's a 17 again. <laughs> ah, yeah, you keep it in. Um, and you appear back in the Grand Library, and the... Um, Old, a very sort of like generically dressed um Prattler is now wearing like a, a French beret and has like a um what's uh the what are the jumpers called that go right up the neck? Um Tell yeah, wearing a turtleneck and, um, has a second jumper, like, braid on for the top, and he's like turned, sort of stood like this. Um, I've decided to take a director's uh, look, because I feel like I really need to guide you guys through the next one. Unless you think I'm micromanaging too much.
3: It'd be interesting uh. to see it, see how it goes, I've, I've never been directed before.
5: Yeah, tell us tell us what you want us to do, and I'm sure we'll be able to uh, accomplish what it is that you want written in your pages
1: that, are, that we are doing. Wait, well, this is the problem, I'm feeling really like, is it, it needs to be from you, but I feel like you're stifling your passion, like Grimnia, what was that? Why, there there's no passion.
6: Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to have a, less of that, actually, so.
1: Yeah, passion and anger, they can be so beautiful on their own, but put them together and you can transcend the issues you seem to be having.
6: That just feels, uh not really where I'm at in my journey, you know, like, I'm still like finding the bell.
1: Would it work if I just said, trust like me, oh my god. <laughs> right, fair well played. Um, right, well, I guess we should go to chapter two.
2: You're the director?
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Point us in the direction. Yeah. Speaking of, you notice that the book is on the table as well. And the first missing page has been replaced with a new shiny one, which has the chapter name. And what happened, and you kind of have a half glance, and the dialogue is like all over the place like the fourth wall breaking, everything is just so confusing. Um, but on that confusing chapter's note, um, that's where we'll end tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for being part of the madness of tonight. Um, and all that was uh, I hope you kept track. Uh, I barely did. If you enjoyed tonight, we play every Monday and Tuesday from 6 pm GMT BST, um, 10 a.m. PT PST. You can also join us on Friday, again from 6 pm GMT BST or 10 a.m. PT. PST for Talk Together, our chat show where we interview our players, DMs and other TTRPG industry voices. All of our shows are streamed on twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG and you can find all of our content archived at youtube.com slash RollTogetherRPG. There are also podcast versions of all our shows available everywhere. Just search RollTogether and you'll probably find us um, at RPG at the end. Um, Massive thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. There'll be a link in chat now. Do join them, every penny helps us make all of the content that we make. And a big thanks again to our sponsors and supporters. And don't forget, we're all over social media as Roll Together RPG. Thanks for watching and see you next time.